Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into silence on today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. It's been a couple of days since I saw the movie. And it's kind of helped helped everything kind of situate and settle inside my head from from when I first saw it. I was initially mixed and I guess kind of confused as to how I was how I really felt about the film. I had issues with it. I really liked some parts of it. And I I, I guess my biggest problem initially was I didn't know how to articulate the way I felt. And since then, I've discussed the film with a couple of people. I've listened to other people review it on their podcasts or read reviews online and things like that. So I definitely feel like I have a much clearer idea of of where I stand on the movie. And um, so... To start, uh, there there will be a section of of spoiler-free reaction, and then the spoiler section will kind of be less of a spoiler section and more of a uh, biased review, as, you know, this is a very religiously bent film, and I feel a particular way about that, but for the initial part of this review, I will do my best to put those feelings aside and review the film purely on its own merits. And then when the spoiler section starts, there will be no hold, you know, no holds barred, gloves will come off, that kind of thing, uh, for better or worse, you know. So to start, um, I guess let's just start with the, the characters and the performances um, you know, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, Liam Neeson uh, are, are the principal characters, and they Garfield and Driver both put on an accent. They're both supposed to be Portuguese people, and uh, I, I thought Driver's accent, Adam Driver's accent, was good, but it cuts in and out throughout the film, and I thought Andrew Garfield's accent was okay but at least he keeps it pretty consistently. Um, and then Liam Neeson, I don't think, really had an accent at all. And, I mean, I know he's not a Portuguese person, so uh, be that as it may. But I I didn't really let that bother me while I was watching the film. It was more something that I kind of just r- figured out afterward. And, um, you know, it... it it didn't. It didn't pull me out, and you know all of the Japanese actors and characters, you know, for the most part speak English, which felt strange to me that they would, you know, because there's a translator, but pretty much everyone else also speaks English, so there's really no need for a translator. So that was kind of odd. I didn't understand that necessarily. I feel like there weren't a lot of English-speaking Japanese people back then, you know, because this is hundreds of years ago, so 
I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but otherwise, I thought, you know, Garfield and Driver do a good job uh, in their performance. I think I like Driver a little bit more. Uh, his sort of climactic scene at one point, I, I think, is a lot more powerful. Um, and and he, he's in the movie less. You know, Andrew Garfield is the pr- primary main character. And uh, Adam Driver is, is more of a supporting role. But Andrew Garfield does a good job. And he has some really great scenes as well. Uh, Liam Neeson, also a supporting role, is fine. He seems to be kind of playing the same role that we've seen a lot time and time again with him. What was nice, though, was just how many Japanese actors there were. You have a whole host of you know more cast members that were Japanese than anything else. Uh, Tadanobu Asano... Uh, Shinya Tsukamoto, Yosuke Kobazuka, Issei Ogata, uh, you know, and and, and more. And uh, while some of them end up being characterized very stereotypically and, and sort of relegated to reducing their impact on the story to simply affecting the white characters, I do think that... Um, Yasuke Kubazuka, who played uh, Kichijiro, as well as um, Tadanobu Asano, who the interpreter. I, I think those two characters were were probably my favorite ones in, in the whole movie. And the ones who added the most uh, diversity, the most depth and, and three-dimensional elements to the movie itself. Um, so, so the character, the character work is solid, uh, nothing super egregious there, uh, at, at the very least. Um, so as for the story, uh, so the premise, if, if you're not aware, is two Jesuit priests, played by Driver and Garfield, travel to Japan, um, where Catholicism, Christianity is banned and punishable by torture and death. Uh, and Liam Neeson's character has been there, gone there before, and is reportedly casting aside the faith. And so Garfield and Driver travel there to figure out the truth of what happened and perhaps convert back Liam Neeson's character and do whatever they can for the Japanese people there, the the Japanese Christians that they want to continue to influence and inform on, on God. Um, and I, I think this is an interesting premise, and I think that the places it leads and could have led are, are incredibly compelling. Uh, just the idea, so the idea of silence, the title of the movie, is that you know, he, you know, these characters, Garfield and Driver, they go to Japan, they see all these unspeakable acts being committed, and, you know, you have this question, and, and this is a question that has kind of plagued and confounded uh, people of faith for, for millennia, and that is, you know, asking why bad things happen, and receiving no answer, and there are rationalities 
or there are rationales and and answers to this question that don't fully satisfy it and that isn't good enough generally uh you you find that you know how do you how do you take the next step when tens of people are being tortured in front of you simply for believing and like why is that happening how can that be let to happen and so the, the the question the movie is asking is you know how do you reconcile your faith when the answer to that question is silence and i think that that's endlessly interesting that's that's such a compelling idea and you know we use andrew garfield's character as kind of the conduit to this question and his performance you know his his turmoil his you know inner dialogue inner monologue is what derives the film in that sense you know can he reconcile it is his faith strong enough his devotion his belief is it enough and should it be enough and why is it enough and all these different aspects of this question and when the movie is hitting on that uh, that part of the the uh, the story it, it works really well you've got um wrinkles in that insofar as uh, whenever Garfield is talking with Neeson's character, whenever he's talking with the interpreter, when he's talking with uh, Kijijiro, or even uh, Issei Ogata's character who plays the uh, the Inquisitor, all these characters, uh, particularly the Japanese characters, um, they really fight him in his beliefs and his faith and force him to uh, really, they really test the limits of where he's willing to go, and it's it's tough. You know, he gets they they. There's a lot of poignant lines and and facets to this counter argument to Christianity and and its spread into Japan. And the film, to its credit, gives those voices and those words uh, a level playing ground playing field uh during their discussion you know it doesn't you know any during any of the scenes where garfield or whoever it is is arguing with whoever else over the merits and uh, detractions for uh, christianity or buddhism or whatever or just god in general the there, there's no sides being taken. There's no one right way that the film presents, at least. And that's great. I love that. I loved all those conversations. I loved those dialogues. I loved the just the the many thought experiments that they uh, can that can be derived from them. And that's why I felt. Like, the film ultimately does side one way or the other. And that is very problematic. I think that that significantly hurts the film on overall. It really negatively impacted my, my viewing of the film. 
and it doesn't have anything to do with how I feel. I, I, you know, even if I felt positively in for in in favor of the decision that the film makes, I, I still it still weakens the film as a whole, and and leaving it leaving the ending more open ended, I think would have served to uh, greatly. impact the the viewer in a much more profound way you know there's a reason that you see that wobble in the in the top in inception at the end of the movie because it's indeterminate and that's a big reason of why that movie did so well and is still in the you know years and years and years later is still in the conversation for like what really happened and what's the true meaning of the story and and what reality is actually real and this movie takes that away from you it gives you the answer you know it it either you know it drops the top the top falls in in this movie and that kills it for me quite significantly um let's see there's uh, it's you know it's a Scorsese film. His direction is as great as it always is. Uh, the cinematography is beautiful. It looks gorgeous. It's you know definitely a film that you know I saw it in the theaters. It looked fantastic in the theater, and I would recommend that if you're interested in seeing it, go see it in the theater. Don't wait for it to come out on DVD or Blu-ray or VOD. It, it's it's really worth watching in the theater. It is very long. And there are moments and parts of it that do feel their length, but uh, there's definitely enough of it to to really hold your interest. And the more the more you give yourself into the film, the less difficult it will be to to survive. I guess the whole thing. And about. I guess an hour and a half, hour 45 into the movie, um, it, it kind of kicks up another notch. And, you know, once you get to that point, you kind of make it over the hump and the rest of it is really tight, smooth sailing from then on. So the length didn't... The length bothered me in the beginning, but not not by the end of it. The direction is good. All It looks great. Great cinematography, great backdrop, great setting. Um, yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much it, uh, uh, you know, problems, anything else I'd really got to, I'd really want to say is a little more specific and would dive into spoilers. So I, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. It's, uh, you know, I gave the film a 63 and I think that's kind of generous from, from how I felt about the movie and you know, I, I, a lot of people have given it very, very high ratings, and I don't begrudge them that, but uh, I do feel as though, I think, I think the biggest fault is just that the film just picks, the film sides one way or the other, that's the biggest fault, uh, so without any further ado, uh, I'm going to jump into spoilers now. Any path, so many worth exploring Just one would be so boring And 
look what you're ignoring. All right. Spoilers for Silence, starting right now. And so the film definitely comes down on the side of Christianity. 100%. It lends a voice to Jesus Christ himself, gives him an actual voice, which not only answers the question of, which not only undermines the idea of silence in general to the answer of your question of why do bad things happen, uh, but completely bails out Andrew Garfield's character from the guilt that he feels watching others suffer for his inaction. And so, so that was really troublesome. Plus you end up with, uh, you know, Liam Neeson, who's reportedly denounced the faith is ultimately kind of shown to be a secret Christian the whole time in his final scene before he disappears and then the final scene with Andrew Garfield after he dies shows that he was also faithful to the end. So everything that led up to that didn't really matter because no matter what happens around you, you can be faithful and it'll turn out okay for you. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not religious. I, I'm, you know, anti-religious would be even probably more accurate for it. To, for what you would call me personally and so, you know I, I there are plenty of movies that have very heavy religious themes in them that are great movies and it's it's not about the use of religion itself it's about the way it's incorporated into the story and you know when they're discussing uh, Christianity versus Buddhism you know, that's incredibly compelling. I love those scenes, you know, despite not ascribing to either religion. And I think that it's, that a lot of great points are being made, particularly on the Buddhist side. You know, you like these Christian priests travel to Japan to sell their product in a way, whereas, like, no one's asking for this product. Like, the the Japan country is... A Buddhist country, or you know, there, there's no, you know, so that's why you know the interpreter, the the inquisitor, are saying things like, you know, we didn't ask you to come here, like, like don't you see that, like, if you just didn't come here, none of these people are going to die, none of them would have been tortured, you know, can, can you live with that on your conscience? And for the most part, the answer is yes, like. Andrew Garfield lets a lot of people suffer, and and to their credits, uh, Adam Driver and Liam Neeson's character, and and kind of Liam Neeson's character by I- implication, um, are very quick to to back out. You know, like think like the idea is, you know, if it if you were Jesus Christ in this circumstance, is it more important? to not step on the face of your savior or is it more important to do whatever you can to prevent harm to another human being you know you can step on the face of jesus christ and still believe in him and still believe in god and still be a faithful christian while saving other people from harm 
And for me, that doesn't, I cannot fathom permitting such horrible atrocities. It, it just doesn't compute in my head. You know, regardless of how devout you are, regardless of how faithful, regardless of any of that, whatever it is, if, you know, if you are ascribing to a religion that fundamentally permits that kind of suffering, it, it doesn't matter that the life after earth for for you is is paradise which they they bring up over and over in the movie like oh after this we're going to paradise after this we're going to paradise like that's great and and you know that's fine but that doesn't mean that you should like that doesn't make the suffering here better it's still awful it's still painful it's still damaging and it doesn't and, and I mean, maybe that's just uh, an issue for myself that I, I can't recon reconcile that whatsoever. But, you know, I think, I believe that when you die, you are dead. And that is the end of things. And, you know, the happier I can be while I'm alive, uh, the better things are for me. And there isn't anything after this. And even though the and and so these people want to believe that there is something after this because their lives are so awful, but it the movie doesn't really present their lives as being awful other than for the fact that they believe in God and so if they or believe or are Christian and so if they were just weren't Christian and had never been Christian then they wouldn't be persecuted, they would not be tortured or killed for that reason, and there's no other given reason for why their lives are so shit in the movie. And, like, it's not, obviously they're not, like, living in mansions, they're not eating caviar or anything like that, but they don't make a, a big deal as not being made about their lives being awful otherwise. You know, they don't sleep in shit. They don't, uh, you know, they're farmers. They're they're growing food or they're, they're, you know, just tilling their fields and whatnot. And if the film had presented that in a more miserable way, I think it would have made a much greater impact in the, in the message of needing of these people needing to believe that there would be something better afterward. And so that all of this really serves to just conflict with itself in my head. Uh, you know, and, and more often than not, I was sympathizing with the, the Japanese characters who continuously presented this argument of like, we didn't ask you to come here. You know, we have our own way of doing things. You have your way of doing things. We're not pushing Buddhism on you. Stop pushing Christianity on us. And the idea is that for Christians in the movies, premise, are somewhat required to save as many people, quote, save as many people as they can. And I find that 
very encroaching upon individual freedoms and liberties, but that's how they feel. And if you aren't, you know, if you don't believe in Christianity, then you're wrong and you won't go to paradise. You won't go to heaven. And, you know, your soul will be damned. And, like, that's... I want... I wanted more of that kind of shit in the movie. You know? There are just far too many moments in the movie where it just kind of boils down to these people are suffering, what are you going to do about it? And after, like, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time of this... It stops having, it stops holding any weight, you know? You can up the number of people who are being tortured. You can up the circumstances of their torture, but it's ultimately futile because, uh, you know, we've already seen Andrew Garfield resist doing anything when he's like literally watching people drown, being drowned, and you see Adam Driver running into the water to do whatever he can to stop them. And ultimately drowning himself while Andrew Garfield just stands there and watches. And then you have people being uh, bloodletted and he just watches and he just watches. And and time and time again, you know, he, he falls back on his faith and he continues to ask, you know, what, why are you doing this? Why you know, you being God, like, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Why do all these awful things have to happen? And again and again and again, he's met with silence, he's met with silence, he's met with silence, until he's answered by a voice of Jesus Christ, or or God. He gives a voice to him. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, care that there's a voice for it but it definitely feels somewhat blasphemous to do this um to be as uh, presumptuous and uh as as forward as giving a voice to to god to jesus christ and it undermines the idea of silence it undermines the potential like if the idea is how far are you willing to push your faith having someone answer your questions to God is like saying, you know, just be faithful and you will be rewarded because it, it is true. You know, the biggest issue is that you have to wonder whether or not God exists and whether or not this is actually being done for a reason, all this torture. And when there's no answer to these questions and these ponderances, that's compelling, you know? Can he continue to move forward? Can he continue to resist the urge to to give in? But as soon as you answer him, as soon as you make that definitive statement, now he, he doesn't have to question it anymore because he knows that there's an answer. He knows that it's true. He knows that these people who are dying because they are Christian will be going to heaven. And so will he, as long as he does not apostatize. Uh, You know, uh, 
So it's just it's really frustrating. I had a lot of big problems with this movie. I do think it is a net good movie, but only barely. And like I like I said, I, I do think I'm being very generous in my rating. Um, I don't want to keep. I don't want to go too much further beyond this. Uh, so I'm gonna kind of leave it there. I'm happy to answer any other questions if I left some stuff out. But yeah, I just I'm not a fan of this movie. Which is disappointing. I, I had pretty high hopes for it going in, uh, so kind of kind of unfortunate. Um, thank you for listening. Again, I'm Ryan, and uh, you can find me at circleoffilm.com or email me at circleoffilm@gmail.com. I will be back next time, I believe, with a statistics episode for Patriots Day. Uh, So look for that in the next day or two. Thank you again, and uh, have a week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.